Oh, wow. Yeah, thank you, Shush, and everyone. It's just so amazing to actually worship together again, because it's probably been, I mean, last Sunday was awesome in the park, just finding the Lord's presence and singing uh, together. But outside of that, man, some, for some of you, it's four, four weeks, five weeks, maybe six weeks of not gathering and worshiping together. And it's such an important, beautiful gift that the Lord has given us to worship together in song and in spirit and in truth. Because I encourage us to keep pushing in. You know what? Every time we get into one another's homes, he has a beautiful challenge. If it's to watch movies or if it's to eat or if it's to talk, Man, what a, what a great way to start or end by just worshiping our Lord together in song, even if it's two of you or three of you. Just imagine what that cultivates in us. We're really challenged with that again in the holidays of like, you know, you can do life and eat and talk and whatever, but how, how often and when last do we just stop and do this and just look at our Lord, even if we just sing his name over and over again or tell him how worthy he is. Those are the best songs, eh? I thought that I'm, I'm not a music writer or a muser, but it felt like the words we sung were really uncomplicated songs. I think those are the best. I don't know about you guys. It just feels like you can connect with the Lord in a very uncomplicated way, which I think is what he wants for us this year. And even from this morning, I felt him say, like, you know when things feel complex? in our journey is not because of him. It's because of ourselves. <laughs> so we make things complicated. He doesn't make things complicated. It's us. So uh, I was thinking a lot back to the journey where Tara and I were saved because I'd be spending quite a bit of time with my friend Wesley, who, was, uh, who met the Lord the same time as me in the church service. Uh, we're baptized together. Taryn was on that journey as well, the three of us. And as I've been sitting with Wesley over the holidays, I realized 2003 was the year it happened. We are baptized 2004. And it's a long time. And uh, things, life becomes complex, you know. Stuff happens, and you can't avoid that. As we're talking about our parents and the kids and how our lives have changed, and there's lots to deal with. But actually, our walk with the Lord and our worship to Him is only made complex by us. It's still a simple love relationship. He's still the same. He still wants our, our, our honor. He still wants our praise. He still wants to own our lips. He wants to own our time. He wants us as desperately as he wanted us on that day that we committed to him or we were baptized under the waters. Nothing's changed. So I start this year full of vision and excitement as I know Mark and Ross, Morris and the other leaders that we've been with and some of you guys are very excited for the year. Next week, please keep us in prayer because we'll be going to Wellington and then to Sunningdale for a week of uh, envisioning time with Andrew and the team, the eldership team. We do this once a year. Liam will be there. By the way, Liam's with us full-time in Greenpoint, if you didn't know. So meet uh, Liam. Uh, he's a great young guy, and uh, he's staying with Marius for the month. And uh, yeah... He's going to look after Marius for us. <laughs> uh, it's going to be beautiful. So, yeah, you get to stay with Marius. We're very envious, actually. The month with Marius, you're going to be different. <laughs> when he hugs you, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 
But Liam's around, so get to know him. He's here with us for the year. We don't know how the months are going to go, but he's dedicated at least half of his time in the week to serving us, Greenpoint, helping us into the region. And uh, yeah, so after next week, so keep, please keep us in prayer because uh, the nations are opening up. Uh, our world is slightly, slightly becoming more normal again. And so who knows? Uh, you know, we've heard about roller coaster years before. And I think what we're picking up is probably that one of the biggest roller coasters ahead for us and the churches than ever before because we've been held back in a sense for two years. And now people are traveling. Andrew and Liz East are already back in the UK and Europe. And what a blessing to pray with them on Wednesday. Mark and I were at a meeting. Um, and it was so amazing how the Lord spoke, even through Andrew and Liz. But um, she actually sent me a prophetic word about a massive net being prepared. As we were praying for, actually, we're funnily enough, thanks, Pat. We're praying for more teamwork in the city. So, Luke in City Bowl and ourselves, Lovemore and Kyleicha, Adam and Ellie in Brooklyn, um, Tony in City Bowl evening. Just that we'd work together more and not get so focused in our congregation, which is all very well said and done, but to do it. And the best way to do it is just pray together. And you see how the Lord is actually speaking to us, and it felt like we actually were one team, right, Mark? We are, in a sense. But it actually felt, it's not like the Lord is telling them this and us. Like We've got our own challenges, and we're at different stages of uh, congregation growth and maturity. But the Lord is saying, get your nets ready and work together. And actually, He's going to bring the harvest this year. So we need to be ready because he's bringing the harvest. He's bringing people into our lives, new people, filling our homes, and he wants to do it. So in other words, we not only need to work together as 50, 60, 60 members and upwards when everyone returns, we need to strengthen our nets and work together here. But also we, the need, the prophetic word is that we're going to need each other because such is the harvest that if we don't lean into our friends down the road and across the suburbs, we won't be able to harvest what's coming. <gasps> that was very exciting to hear. <laughs> so I want to encourage us to team as much as possible this year. Firstly, we're going to need to because babies are on the way and marriages are happening and people are moving and shaking. So we have to team like, you know, you really have to team with a young growing congregation when children are being born because people need rest and people have uh, shifts in their life where we need to support and help and serve one another, which is a really good thing. But I think this year more so probably than in the last two years, because here we are in January meeting. Can anyone remember last January? We got the call that we can't get together a year ago. We weren't here, remember? We were locked down again, weren't we? Yeah, we were. We were at home. When did we start meeting? In March or something? Can anyone remember? Such a blur. I don't like to remember. <laughs> but all I remember is we couldn't look forward to this this time last year. We had to sit at home and stuff and watch Josh Jen laugh. And it was just like after the year before, it just felt like, please, Lord, no. But here we are. So get ready. <laughs> now I'll start. <laughs> okay. Don't laugh at my specs. About 15 years old. But anyway, if I don't, if I don't use them, I can't read. That's the truth. So... Um, I want to just read a very simple passage of Scripture out of Colossians. Uh, I always read from the NIV. You're welcome to. But uh, this Terence Bible, which Charlie made his own, is uh, an NLT version, and it's great to read. And I've really just enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, Lou. Yeah, let's make it a bit darker. So I'm going to read it. Please 
Can you put it darker? No, because you can't see the screen. I, I can read without light. Thanks, Louis. I know, I know you're caring for your, for your friend here with his glasses, but I can read. I'm thinking about you guys. There we go. That's cool. So from the start, Paul writes, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from Timothy, our brother. We're writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. And he goes to say from verse 3, We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news or the gospel. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your life from the day you heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace or the gospel. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He's told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you. Since we first heard about you, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you will live will, will please the Lord in every way, honor and please the Lord in every way, and then your lives will produce good fruit, or every kind of good fruit. All the while, while this is happening, you will also grow as you learn to know God better and better. And we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have the endurance and patience that you need. Let me say that again. <laughs> we also pray that you, church, will be strengthened with all of God's glorious, glorious power. Who needs God's power this morning? I need his power. <laughs> and while we do that, we'll continue to pr produce uh, the good fruit and we'll get to know God better and better. Verse 11, verse 12, we'll always be thanking the Father. Uh, sorry, verse 11. We also pray with you the strength of the glorious past that you'll have the endurance and patience you need. Now listen to this. And may you be filled with joy. I know this version is slightly different, but I like this. May you be filled with joy. It's as if Paul knows. Without joy, you're not going to make it on the road of endurance. Although he's thanking the Father, giving him thanks, because he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I'm going to leave it there. The next passage is the most beautiful passage about who Jesus is. Uh, Christ supreme above all things, you know, firstborn of all creation. He existed before anything was created. And it's just a great picture that, he, that Paul launches, launches into, but you can read that later. But I wanted to start just by going through line by line this beautiful passage because it's such a foundational and grounding passage about the gospel and us knowing Jesus. And with that, we have this enabling grace to live God-glorifying lives, and to live grace-filled lives and always be filled with joy. While we need endurance and patience along the way, he's enabling us all the way. So I want to start in verse 3. 
And um, let me say that the thing that's really stood out for me at the start of this year uh, is that we are, you know, we, we've sp- spoken a lot about hope, haven't we, in the, in the church worldwide, like the last two years. We, we have hope. The world that doesn't know him doesn't have hope. So therefore, we need to be people of hope, and we know that, because there's a dying world out there that has absolutely no hope. But we not only have hope, but we have an inheritance. And Paul talks about uh, hope is the substance of the inheritance. So in other words, there's, there's something even greater. There's like an anchor. There's there's something for us called an inheritance, and it's in heaven, it's eternal, it's rock solid, it's immovable for us that know Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is enough for us to hold on to and be excited about and take us through life's issues. But hope is the substance. So hope is what keeps us in check with that truth, right? So hope is vital, but for us, there's something more. There's that takes us beyond this life and its issues and its problems. That's the inheritance that Paul's talking about. So we're born again not only into the hope, but into an inheritance that um, uh, is eternal and is not subject to decay, the word says. It's divinely kept for us. So it's kept by Jesus for us. Nothing can happen to it. And I was reminded when we were worshiping with Shoshana how um, at the back of, I think it's Jude, this is a great book in the Bible, and I was reminded of Jude talking to Ross and Nats, but one of Jesus' brothers, Jude, writes that book right in the back of the Bible, and at the end it says, now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the Lord one day. So Jesus is able to keep us. I mean, I think we all agree we'd know that. He is God. He's our Savior. Of course, he's strong and mighty, but we forget that he's, he's, he's able to keep us. He's, he's kept keeping our inheritance, but he's able to keep you and I until that inheritance is ready to be revealed. But I was like, but able to keep. So it's his ability that I'm picking up on. It doesn't mean that we're going to make use of his ability. That's what I picked up in worship. So because he's able to keep us, that's a fact that doesn't change. But if Neil chooses to try and do things in his strength, I'm not using his ability to keep me for that day. And that's stupid of me, right? And of you, if that's you. But we go through those waves because you know what we end up doing? We end up going on the journey and trying to find endurance and strength and patience on our own when he is the one who ably provides and wants to provide. So that's what I'm picking up for us as I read. And it's the simple gospel message. It's not any rocket science or anything different. So let me jump to verse 3 and 4 and say for this. So Paul's excited because he's heard of the faith that this church has, their love for all God's people, which comes from this confident hope reserved in heaven, the inheritance. And you've had this expectation in you ever since you heard the truth of the good news. Now, the same good news or gospel that came to you, he tells them, is now going out all over the world, right? And it's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it did it with, with the Colossians church, okay? But then he goes on to say, at the back of verse 6, just as it changed lives, your life, from the day you heard the good news and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. And that's what I wanted to pick on because we generally don't like to hear things like uh, our, our faith journey or our Christian walk is 
is work or requires much from us. Because there's such a strong pull in some circles to point to the cross, which is true, and point to Jesus, which is true, and all that he's done for us, which is true. But then we can actually become very... Uh, uh, um, What's the, we can we cannot grow, and you'll see further on. I'm going to get to a point where uh, the goal of this chapter is that we keep on growing in Christ. So there's a trajectory of maturity that is, we're going to come to in verse 12 and 13. But the thing with grace is that it's His enabling power to grow us in the Lord. And I'm going to say that the word effort is not such a bad word. Effort and Neil's strength is not great, okay? But effort uh, in that is grace-enabled or gospel truth-enabled is a wonderful effort. Are you with me? So if we are a people here of 70-odd adults and all our growing children that find God's grace and ability by really understand, not only hearing his good news and gospel, but understanding his grace is what it says in that scripture. So hearing the, the, the gospel, hearing the good news, but understanding God's grace and all its truth. And part of all that truth is that it's an enabling grace that he empowers us to grow in our walk with him and to bear fruit. So bearing fruit is work. So work and what's the other the word for work that uh, Thessalonians uses? Labor. Oh, work is so laborsome. Oh, my word. Like going to the office Monday to Friday. Labor. Labor law and work. It's like got such negative connotations. But labor in 1 Thessalonians, labor of love, that's where that phrase comes from. So our labor in the Lord that's prompted by love or our work that is produced by faith. There's nothing wrong with those words, work and labor in the Lord. They're good words. As long as the, the grace of our Lord is enabling us to have an um, effort-filled walk to know him better. See what I'm getting at? So I think this is what Paul is trying to say in this chapter, is that if we're not only hearing the gospel, but it's so important that they heard and understood. And I felt to make a call for us towards the end of uh, this morning, is that if we haven't heard, we need to hear the, the good news today. If we haven't fully understood it, or if we've drifted from understanding, we need to respond today. So sometimes, maybe no one's heard the good news of Jesus today. I don't know, all of you. But I know for many of us, we've understood it. Maybe at times we haven't. Maybe we understood it once, and we've drifted in our understanding. And we don't, we don't see God's grace and good news and all of its truth. Well, this morning, I'm hoping that that would come through. So let's jump from verse 6 to verse 7. He speaks about Epaphras and who the church learnt it from. And I love the fact that he's a fellow worker of Paul. So here's a picture of uh, how they would understand God's truth, how they would hear the good news. It's from a fellow worker, someone trusted in Paul's team. I think it's pretty obvious, but he highlights that that's where you heard it from. He reminds them. And also the fact that he gave a good report of the church. And in verse 8, Epaphras told us, Paul and his fellow worker, who does he speak about? Timothy in this case, writing the letter with Timothy. He said that you have a love for others that's given to you by the Holy Spirit. So even commending the church for their love for one another and for people is not a love that they could find in their own effort. 
It was a love in the NLT given to you by the Holy Spirit. Or in the NIV, I think it's a love in the Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit providing love, your love, our love for one another is not actually pleasing to God because it's in my strength, not a grace-enabled strength. So we're going to love if the nets, if the nets are readied and more are coming. We need to find ourselves more and more in the Holy Spirit to find God's love for people. Okay, you with me? And then jumping to through to verse 9, Paul speaks about how we haven't stopped praying for you because we heard about you and we've asked God to do something. And here again speaks of a total understanding. We've asked God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. So it's a beautiful portion of scripture because he's speaking about complete. There's an understanding here that's way bigger than when we first come to the Lord. There's a com- complete understanding of his will, what he wants, and we know that he wants all men to be saved. It's part of his will. He wants us to be a people that see the world through his eyes. Remember the prophetic word last year, the gathering of Richard van der Reit sitting on a bench, park full of people, and all he wants to, when he sees Jesus sitting on the bench, he just wants to go and talk to Jesus about all the questions that he has. It's like, and it's as if Jesus is saying, no, but you can talk to me in eternity one day when my mission is done, which my mission is for the broken and lost that are still in this world, right? So Jesus says to Richard in the dream, I don't want to talk about all your theological questions. I'm weeping, and why are you weeping? And he, Jesus is looking at the world, and he's seeing lost and broken people that don't yet know him. And Richard goes, I see. That's what the Father's on about. That's what the Son is on about. You talk about all those other things one day when you're with me in eternity. But right now, there's only X amount of time for 80,000 odd residents on our seaboard. How many don't know him? So to know the Father's will, complete understanding of his will, is for his name to be glorified and his will is to see all men saved. His name to be glorified by us who know him, for us to live lives worthy of him and in honor of him, and for us to take his good news. And how do they hear? We need to, we need to tell them. We need to speak. And we need our, our lives to also be lives that produce fruit. This is one thing speaking, but it's an even bigger thing living it out. So that's his call to us this morning, is that we would be those that um, really understand the knowledge of his will. And he provides once again. He gives us spiritual wisdom and understanding. So if you're wanting to know his will for your life, if you're wanting to know what he wants, ask him. Ask the Holy Spirit to, again, make it clear, give you spirit of wisdom and understanding to know what His will is. And you know what? There's lots of things that happen in the new year. You might want to study something, do a course, uh, grow some spiritual, new spiritual gifts. There's lots of good things. But the God thing is that together we'd be unified on the mission of together and in our individual lives, living lives that are worthy of our calling, living as children in the light, which... It speaks about, in verse 13, reminding us of our transfer from the kingdom of darkness to light. That together we would aim for the same thing and that we would share our light, coming back to the word at the gathering last year, the light that is in us with the broken world. As we look out into the parks and the streets and our offices, that's our mission. It's a very simple mission. Sometimes we make it 
is another complexity what we do here. Like when I was saved and baptized, I knew what the mission was. Tell people about Jesus and share the gospel. And then live a life with my help from my brothers and sisters that is growing and that I know Jesus and my life follows what I say. It's not complex. I think we get so complex, don't we? It's like, God, if you haven't spoken, I don't know if I can go and you've called me to this and it's particularly, wait five years and then when the call, just get on with it, man. Let's just get on with it in front of us daily, you know. And uh, <laughs> in verse 10, if we ask for the knowledge of his will, and if we seek him for spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, there's a word then. So if we do those things, then something's going to happen. Then the way you and I will live will always honor and please the Lord. And on top of it, your lives, our lives, will produce every kind of good fruit. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want the then and the and that follows, because those are good things. And then there's all the while, or at the same time. So then something happens, and something happens, and while you're doing that, all the while, something else happens, and it's the most beautiful thing. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And if you're asking what the will of God is for us, is that each of us know Him better and better. It's a beautiful thing when you know somebody intimately, and that's God's plan for us. And that's the prayer Paul had for the Colossian church. That they would continue on. That they would understand his grace. Hear it, understand his grace. Understand what good news we have in Christ Jesus. But as we seek him for his will, spiritual understanding, wisdom of revelation, we will grow in knowing him. Isn't it amazing when you're friends with someone and you spend a lot of time and you see them and you just know something's wrong? So the other day I had some difficult family news to deal with, and uh, I waited for the kids to go down because I couldn't tell Taryn. And I said, Babs, I've got something to tell you. She said, I knew it. You know, you know the guys, who, I've been married long. I knew it. I said, did you pick up? She says, yeah, I could tell something was wrong. What is it? What is it? Then I told her. And I marvel at that because it just takes a look, and you know, you know that person so well, you know something's up. <laughs> mm. Or... Um, Someone doesn't even have to tell you something. Like you're with a friend and you just know, okay, what just happened at work today? Okay, tell me. Are you through that thing with the boss? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You just know that because you spend time with them and it's an intimacy. And that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to know him face to face. He wants us to know, you know, his heart. And he wants us to know what really, what really gets him excited. And what really gets him excited is when we live our lives in the light with one another, uh, when we seek him in a way that is going to grow us and mature us as his people, as his sons and his daughters. And as we do that in his enabling grace, outside of our effort, but in the strength that he provides, he's pleased with us, man. He's pleased with us. And when we take that good news, when we take that gospel in us, that light, out into the world, man. It is the most fulfilling and um, energizing thing when we share the love of God with somebody else. Uh, I can, it, it's the one thing that empowers me. It's how I always feel the most satisfied in Him is when I do His will. And I know what His will is because it's that thing that the Lord's heart leaps when you share with somebody, right? The love of our Father. Because what has He done for us? He saved us, man, by 
his death on the cross. He did it for you and I, different times in our life. Some of us, long ago, right? Hey, Neil. <laughs> Just checking if Neil's awake. Some of us he saved long ago. Some of us, you know, Marius, myself, going on 20 years now. Some of you, like Austin, a couple years. Hey? But look what he's done in two years in your life, bro. Out of the world, out of the darkness. Didn't believe there was a God. Didn't believe there was a creator. I'm paraphrasing. His testimony will tell you. There is no God. Now his life is in service to our God. <laughs> like, that's because of the cross. Because Jesus is alive. And his grace is empowering. And it's beautiful. So, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your obedience, which gave us power. Paul says in verse 11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Who wants to experience God's glorious power? That is something I felt for us to, just you, Danny, and Liam, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. He's got glorious power. I was thinking about that. What? So he's got a power that gives him glory. How easy is it for his power, uh, for us wanting to uh, walk in his power for our glory? It's very easy, yeah. It's funny how his glory is power, but if, if, if God chooses to exert his power into us, it's so tempting to take some of it for our glory. That's one of the biggest challenges, isn't it? Walking as broken people on a journey because his power is available, but it's all for his glory. So I want to ask us to just, like, just begin to pray for our hearts to remain soft and humble because I do believe that in a short time of response, uh, he wants to exert his power and his grace into us again for taking his gospel and his good news into the world around us. But his enabling power is on hand today for you and I. And we need, to, we need to stand and we need to respond and we need to ask him for it with humble and soft hearts. Okay? We'll get there. <laughs> so, verse 12. He, the Father, has enabled you and I to share in the inheritance. There's that word inheritance again that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And there's a reminder. So I want to end with that. Some of us may need to hear that good news. Some of us may need to hear what he's done for somebody as young as Austin just two years ago. Some of us might have, excuse me, forgotten where we were before we knew him and how desperately we needed him to come in and take us. I, was, I remember being in the kingdom of darkness. I know what it felt like. I know how ugly it was. And for me personally, I knew what a prison it was. Some of you will relate. When you are in the kingdom of darkness, you are bound, you are imprisoned. And if you want to know what a restrictive life feels like, it's not serving Christ. The world would tell you, oh, you're serving Jesus now. You, you know, you're a church-going teetotal. Oh, you're going to have no life now, no freedom now. No, no, no. I remember the world very clearly. I remember the kingdom of darkness. That was bound in chains living, if ever there was. 
It's not freedom. And so the reminder of the gospel is that we were once bound in chains. Jesus destroyed that on the cross. And he transferred us, those who put our faith in Jesus, what he did on the cross, those of us that have turned from darkness and from that lifestyle, we're now living in freedom. We're living in the light, we're living in freedom. And that's what Paul's reminding them of here. You guys with me? So we thank you, Lord, for purchasing our freedom, forgiving our sins, and transferring us into the kingdom of your Son. We thank you, Father, for doing that. It's a reminder who saved us. God the Father saved us. Who's God? He's our Father. Eh, Shell? God is our Father, and actually our Father is the one who decided to save us. Jesus is our Savior. He was sent for us, but that's our good Father in heaven who decided, you can't do this without me. My glorious power, my enabling grace is going to be what does it, not our strength. I think we can do. Okay. Yes, thank you, Lord. So come, we stand together, and I want to make that call that I said I would make. I would love us to just quieten our hearts, maybe just close our eyes for a minute or two. So, you know, I don't know, perhaps one or two of us need to hear the good news and have heard elements of it today, and I hope some of it has come across clearly, but if there's anybody that's here visiting or anyone that's part of us that has heard the good news today and realizes that it's only what Jesus did on the cross purchasing our freedom by dying on the cross by his obedient death. It's only by that act that he supplies the grace which is giving us what we don't deserve. His grace, which is empowering and enabling to allow us to follow him and walk with him. Best of all, be taken out of prison of the kingdom of darkness and death, put us into the kingdom of light, an eternal life. How's that for a promise? He gives us eternal life. If you've never done that, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never made him your life, your Savior and your Lord, if you're not assured today that when you die in this life, you will go to live with him in eternity forever and ever, being his friend, his son or his daughter. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to do that this morning. But you need to show me who you are and where you are so that afterwards I can pray for you, pray with you. Don't leave. Don't miss the opportunity. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Lord. And maybe for the rest of us, I want to say two things. Chapter 1, verse 6. The same good news or the same gospel that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit in every, bearing fruit every place or everywhere. How's it doing that? By changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard the good news and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. I felt for some of us, Maybe the, the, the trap has been understanding his grace. Maybe you've slid into your own effort or your own strength, your own power, and therefore you've lacked true understanding of his grace, true understanding of the good news. I feel like there's 
a moment for you to respond to, to him today. Say, Lord, actually not in my strength. I choose your glorious power and I choose your enabling grace and I want to understand the full, complete picture of that. For today and for this year, I want to invite you guys to come forward and I'd love to pray, and a few of the guys with me, for his uh, glorious power to rest on you. Really feel there's a grace for his enabling power, for his grace, and for you to, for the gospel to, to actually change something in your heart, even in your mind today. So come. I'm sure she will play a bit. Come forward if you want prayer as a sign of response, as bravery, an act of bravery. Come stand in the front. Say, Lord, I want that. And, I, and I'm trusting that there would be an impartation of your glorious power. So those that have faith to come and pray with me for our friends, please would you pray for, a, for the Holy Spirit to actually impart uh, his power into our friends this morning. Amen. So come forward, don't be shy. And uh, for the other guys, just for a few moments, if you feel like you're in a really good place in understanding his gospel, if you feel you're in a good place in walking in his enabling grace, if you really feel this morning that the effort in walking with the Lord and knowing him is purely his grace enabling effort, if there's nothing of your own effort, then fine, stay there. And even if you feel there's a hint or a percentage of Neil's effort or John's effort or your own effort, come, come and respond to the Lord. There's grace. He wants to enable you. He wants to, he wants to empower us this morning. So come. And um, for the rest of us, just continue to pray and just ask the Lord to move. You can contribute. Every single one of us can contribute. So just begin to pray over the guys, okay? Thank you.